0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT and T.
1: Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast "How Rude Tanneritos. or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.
0: This episode is going to cover a lot of ground in the sense of how, in my opinion, a good way to think about how Black Americans move through the public and deal with issues within our community that affects the greater politic. You following me? I know it's a mouthful, but you'll understand as we talk. I think it has to do with, or the best way to understand it is how we raised. Now, as black people, it's safe to assume you was raised by a black mama. And if you was raised by a black mama, I feel with regional variations, um, and of course, all statistics can be added an asterisk right but generally the greatest offense you could do to your mama is embarrass her but the degree for which you get in trouble about that embarrassment has to do with where you embarrass her and there is one place again it may be described a little different here and there but there is one place That if you cross this line, your behind is mine. You do not embarrass your mama in public. Slight variation in front of these people. Slight variation in front of these white people. At this grocery store. At this part. The point is, don't embarrass your mama in public. Because things that need to be dealt with, need to be dealt with at home. We already know what these white people think of us. We already know they already out to get you. I'm just telling you how we think. And we already know what these people think of her. You're not going to ruin that. But what I think y'all don't understand, unless you within our community. Is that might sound selfish. Don't embarrass your mama in public. But it's protection. It's safety. We move differently, y'all. And there's a reason why we do. Let's talk about it. Hub politics, y'all. All right. So the black community is not in any way, shape or form immune to traditional issues of patriarchy and misogyny we are just as guilty as every other community issues of homophobia and and all the all the same sort of you know the toxic masculinity it's it's in our it's in our communities like everybody else's community but there is a a venerated person within our community and it's mama we venerate moms now, it's weird in the sense that, like, obviously side chicks and baby mamas and and all that drama and all the, like, you know, disrespectful hip hop that at least I grew up on, obviously is full of misogyny. Obviously is full of, like, treating mamas terribly. You know what I'm saying? But out of that same mouth comes the song Tupac wrote Dear Mama. You know what I'm saying? Which every thug still sheds a thug tear whenever that song is played. Mom is venerated now part of that veneration is in theory because obviously we <laughs> won't necessarily treat our mamas very well but what you what do you hear when a black man becomes a star you know what i'm saying or or athlete or makes it they buy their mama a house you know i'm gonna get my mama this car i'm gonna get my mama out the hood you know what i'm saying like that is your first thing and some of that has to do with A different type of misogyny. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I'm not unaware of what's going on here, you know, because we only understand our moms in relation to how they treated us. Oh, my mama worked four jobs, kept me out the hood. She was so hard. She worked so hard. That's a strong black woman. I'm going to take care of her. She ain't going to ever have to work again. You know what I'm saying? Well, Nigga, do you think she wanted to be a strong black woman? Nigga, that's because your broke ass daddy left her. You feel me? Like, I don't, I mean, maybe, you you know what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to say is like, we have a hard time seeing her as a full person. But that being said, as dichotomous or oxymoronic as it might be, we have venerated moms. Even when we make your mama jokes, it's understood that we're not really talking about your mama because we really talk about my mama, like, That'd be the end of your life. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, I remember when I was a kid, like, why did you end up in this fight? I was, was talking about my mama. So, like, there's just something about our mothers that is in some ways is the cornerstone of our community. A lot of times, your mother was your the center of your um, moral compass, even if she gangbanged. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if, again, like I said in the beginning, all statistics have asterisks. It's not true for everybody, but as a general understanding of our experience, our mom is venerated. So because she shaped our personality, she shaped who we are. And if you understand the plight of black women in America also, it's like, well, she's the most targeted of all the Venn diagrams of suffering and oppression. I mean, like, yo, she's she the bullseye is the black woman, you know but she's also the creator of culture and futures. And like I said, she's the, the, the center of our moral compass. And she's the person that may raise us all. And that being said, all of us got black mama stories. And some of them are more fun than others. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, little things about like, hey, you know, why you don't be cutting up in school? Because, OK, this woman working two, three jobs, she going to have to take a day off work that ain't going to get paid just to come and get your ass because you don't know how to act in school. You know what I'm saying? So when she beat the brakes off you, you know what I'm saying? It's it's it's. It's like, oh, yeah, that's funny. You know, don't take mama's apple juice. Did my mom have sodas up under her bed that me and my siblings bed not drink? Absolutely. Was there parts in our our house that we knew? You know what I'm saying? If you go in that closet, like fam is over. But again, my mama was my moral compass. You know, she had her prayer closet. It was, you know, every day or um, every other day, whatever, for like an hour, maybe hour, 15 minutes. She shut the door and lock it. She go in that room, she praying. Like, my mom in there praying, you know, she praying over us, you know, laying hands on her. Like, I'll, whatever the case may be, your mama become she's just the center of your thing. And there is one thing that I feel like we all know. You get in trouble with school, you get in trouble with whatever, you know what I'm saying? You, you disrespect her, you back talk her. Like, of course, she'll handle that. But most of us know not to talk to our mamas that way, right? Which is why generally we look at the way, White people raise their kids, we just think it's strange. You know what I'm saying? Granted, we have a lot to learn from each other because obviously this podcast is not unpacking why our moms um, perpetuated some of the uh, practices that were birthed out of our disenfranchisement and oppression. Um, We're only scratching the surface of that. But the point is, there's a narrative being pitched here. So when I say the biggest thing, you can do is wrong is embarrass your mama in public uh some of us may have some ptsd from shivers some of y'all depending on how bad it your mom was if you embarrass me out if you embarrass me i'm gonna embarrass you you know you mess around is again depending how bad it y'all are how hood y'all were your mama mess around beat your ass in front of all these people in front of your friends she would even say that don't make me embarrass you in front of your little friends you know what I'm saying? That's another thing. You know, we always say, you yeah, know, another one of the things. I'm not boo boo the fool. Don't talk to me like I'm one of your little friends. You know what I'm saying? Like I deserve this respect. You know, and she had the backhand to back it up. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? But whatever it is, whatever cutting up you got, if you do it in front of other people and specifically, because when we see with her homies and you act stupid, she going to light you up in front of them because they know, all oh, mine too, girl. I don't know what these young people, they mess around, they mess around, jump in, you know what I'm saying? Uh, You mess around in front of family, any one of your aunties might get in you, you know, but not in front of these white people, not in public. And again, depending on how bad your mom was, was, what she was, she on, how she feel, how she developed in her own sort of psychology. She may be like, excuse me for a second. To whoever she was talking to, even whether she was on the phone uh, or you was actually in public, give you this look like, "Go wait in the car, ah, uh, buddy, buddy, you finna get it." I know. I remember a few times I mouthed off at church. She gave me this look like, you know, white people be like, "Wait till your father gets home." You know, I tell I me mean, that's scary. You know, I get it because your daddy the enforcer. That's just. I mean, my daddy, my daddy was around from my, my early childhood. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, he was an enforcer. But he ain't need to be. <laughs> That's like he didn't need to be. My mother would say stuff like, go wait in the car. Fam, you done already crossed the line, homie. It's, it's bad news bears for you. Now, why I bring this up in in terms of hood politics is, I think there's some ground I want to cover here. I know I did a two-part episode about Kanye and I really want to be, I want to dead the topic with this, um, which has not much to do with him, but how the black community responded and how we generally respond to somebody who has, probably crossed the line many times but we ain't done nothing like and as far as into the world of cancelable offenses you know speaking of which when you say like who you think invented cancel culture it was black women they invented the term like oh he's canceled like and they just did it as like it not as something that was supposed to become a culture you know what i'm saying that's what happens when you talk in front of white people But black women used to say that. Oh, no, he canceled. Like that came from them. I just let me set the record straight. The phrase came from black women. But anyway, there is a long history of incredibly problematic black figures, you know, who've continually done. Now, granted, now, now follow me. Ain't no more problematic than anybody else's figures, you know. But. Even problematic black figures that have made us, I don't know, feel embarrassed in public. You know what I'm saying? Uh, One would ask, what took us so long with R. Kelly? I think I brought this up before. Um, What took us so long with him? Bishop Eddie Long. Now, it depends on how black you are. You may not know this name. You know, but the the, the brother was a... Listen, I mean, (laughs) brother was... Brother was outside in all the wrong ways. You you feel me? There were some problems going on. But the line that you have to cross before we disavow is something that needs to be understood as a way to understand why we are not white liberals, why we are not just what the Democratic Party thinks we are. Or even what the Republican Party thinks we are or what your Twitter feed thinks we are, depending on how hood your your Twitter feed is. There's a lot going on here. And I say this in the shadow of, unfortunately, today, uh, November 1st, of the the shooting death of Migos Artist Takeoff um, as an accidental, I mean, right now, like the the uh again, depending on how deep in the black Twitter you are, you may not really know all the details about this, and maybe this isn't i went by the time this comes out, like maybe the story might have get straightened out, but essentially, if you know take off, he was always known as being really quiet, in the cut, even keeled stay out of stuff he wasn't he wasn't the type to pop off he was real chill, and in this situation, there was a dice game going on and apparently Quavo was more pressed about something else and some shots rang off and essentially takeoff was shot by accident you know so it wasn't like no dice game or it wasn't like he was shooting dice and you know I'm saying like uh, word is he was literally standing in the back and he just caught a bullet and probably uh most likely again can't confirm none of this might have been friendly fire just somebody shot they shot back and he caught a bullet. And rather than the rest in peace, you know, take off things that should have taken off, hashtags that should have taken off, black on black crime took off. That's that's the that's that's the hashtag that's trending as of today. This is why this topic of hood politics is so important to me. And if you can hear in the tone of my voice that this isn't the normal, jovial, like uh oh my god this is so absurd kind of tone this is like like this is something i feel like (sighs) some deep sociology here all right y'all ready let's go So the first thing you have to understand about how black people deal with uh, people that they have, quote unquote, not for your terms, not by what you mean, canceled, but why what we mean by that. Um, We're very we across the board again, all statistics have asterisks, but generally we deal with things via humor, like, you know. We crack jokes, we make fun of each other, you know, and it's understood that like, yo, if you getting, if you getting cooked, you're supposed to cook back, you know, because there's an understanding that we're in this together and it's all love, you know. And then there are some things that we just like, yo, if you just don't mess with somebody, you don't mess with somebody. You know what I'm saying? As far as like within our community, it's like, ah, that nigga a weirdo, like, like a, uh, but that, but that weirdo nigga will have homies, like, like a, like, I'm just gonna go out and say this, like Kyrie Irving, like he a weirdo you know uh also today uh the news dropped that Steve Nash has been fired from the Nets and apparently it was over some argument with Kyrie and cannot be confirmed again the 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 news is still uh breaking but essentially Steve Nash they had everybody at the crib and and Nash was uh pressing him about being a flat earther and I what sucks is like, man, there's video of Takeoff being murdered, but don't nobody want to see that. I want to see the video of this conversation where essentially, according to the story, he was pressing him about being a flat earther. And he told Steve Nash, what do you know about rotations? Which is if you know basketball, that is funny. Okay. And part of what makes it so funny is that, okay, if you're a flat earther, you already starting from a deficit. So you should easily, you should be cooked easily, right? But you out, but Steve Nash, you outgunned, you outmanned the fact, because black people been cooking each other for a long time. So we always have a comeback, right? So he, I like that, like he cooked that boy. You got cooked by a flat earther. Like that's hilarious to me. But anyway, point being, we we crack jokes among each other right but when we're done with you when you've crossed the line we don't generally you're not going to see a bunch of like hate tweets or disavowing it's not like it's not like it's not like how everybody else handles stuff you cease to exist to us you just stop mattering Stacy Dash is a good example of that. Nobody's checking for her. The last time we heard, heard about her was when she realized two years later that DMX was dead. Nobody checking for her. You know, we talk on this podcast because of like, you know, Cool Zone Media and the fact, the stuff that I'm in about Candace Owens. You run through the hood, they have no idea who she is. She just don't matter. You, when you, when we're done, you fall off the planet. So it's like, it, you're not going to get made fun of. You're just not going to be checked in on. We're done. Like, you just, you don't, how else can I say? You don't matter. You know why black people know who Herschel Walker is now? Just cause he running, because he running because running for office. He was like, wait, ain't, ain't that the nigga from, I thought he moved to Texas. The nigga stopped mattering to us. He, you know, he's, he crossed into a world to where we stopped checking for him. You know what I'm saying? we only talk about him now because we got to talk about him now. The only reason black people talk about Candace Owens now is because of Kanye. What checking for her. She stopped mattering. Y'all, y'all following me? You have to be really into the stuff. But when you go through, like, listen, your Twitter feed. I'm part of the talented tenth, like, and I and I say that in academic terms. Right. Again, you got to Google your W.E.B.D. voice. You got to You got to Google that to understand what I mean by the talented 10th. Right. Um, I'm going to make you do your Googles. Google talented 10th. Shout out to Michelle Barack, who did an album on it. So I'm hybrid. I'm a diff. I'm different. You know what I'm saying? But if you go through the block. Oh, no. Candace Owens. and Niggas don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like she don't matter. You feel me? It's not that they're uninformed. It's not that they're unintelligent. These are very intelligent people. That's the whole premise of hood politics is that the streets are actually very intelligent. But as a community, we're not checking for it. So really that's that's how it looks. What y'all want us to do with Kanye, how it would actually look in practice is like that. He would just stop mattering. The problem is He still matters to us. And I'm going to explain to you why after this. All right, we're back. Now, why Kanye still matters is something that really goes back to your mama saying, don't embarrass us in public. Part of it, and, it, and it's in two parts. The first part is the, is the cultural power to cancel. And two is, is the white gaze. I'm going to start with the white gaze because I feel like that's a good intersection with like the male gaze. It's this, and now use this as, as a comparison. Women will tell you about the male gaze. It's this this feeling at all times that you being watched, being ogled, being like, it just feels icky. It's always a man, it, whether it's sexual or power or whatever the case may be, men's is always watching. Like you can't do nothing without them watching. You feel me? If you in a um, professional situation, what comes out of that male gaze a lot of times is mansplaining. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you over here diligently doing your work, dropping gems. You know what I'm saying? And then the dude that's watching the whole time essentially just says what you just said to the rest of the group and everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's this idea like, or or the brother come pick your, from your office and pick your brain. And it, this happened to my wife. You know what I'm saying? Sitting on a panel. Like she was doing a panel discussion and the guy, one of the, one of the uh, dudes came in and talked and was like, hey, so tell me what you're, what you're about, what you want to talk about so we can be on the same page on the stage. So she started dropping some of her ideas. They get on the stage and he essentially just says her ideas. Man, you, can't, you just can't talk in front of these people. I can't show you none of my brilliance. You, you know what I'm saying? Because it always ends up being a power lever. It's the male gaze. Can't dress cute. Cause that means I'm inviting you to like, you know what I'm saying? Put x-ray goggles on my boobies. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's this gaze. Black people feel that with white people. It's this idea that like, whether you watching us to steal our words, our dance, redefine them as your own. Like I've talked about so many times, the fact that there is such thing as cancel culture, Woke culture, CRT, as a problem is y'all watching black people move. And then giving definitions. So it's like, yeah, you know, we always say like, man, you can't talk in front of a white people. They're just going to ruin our slang. They're going to ruin our dances. They're going to ruin. They always watching. But also. This feeling that you're always watching to prove your prejudices correct. You following? This is why I bring up takeoff being murdered. And then black on black crime. Trending. It's the white gaze. You're looking into our community. To prove the prejudices that you have. There's this. um clip going around of Jamal Bryant he's a pastor uh back east black pastor he lighten up Herschel Walker and he lightened him up because of the stuff that I'm talking about it is like Herschel Walker will shuck and jive for you this man can't talk is why I brought up before that man can't talk he sound ignorant you know what I'm saying he'll do whatever the white man tell him so of course they want him in power now granted Jamal Bryant ain't no saint I mean this goes back to like what I'm talking about before as to like nigga we probably should have dealt with this nigga a while back but the point we're saying is this man has crossed the line into a place to where you like it's like house niggas and field niggas like you you think you know because they didn't they didn't put you all in the front you feel me Uh, they propped you up all in the front. You getting all these checks. You know what I'm saying? Why you think you getting all these checks from these white people? It's because you'll do what they say. Nigga, you not with us. You you understand what I'm saying? That's that white gaze. They went and found a man, according to Jamal Bryant, that look exactly the way they think of us as. And that nigga will do whatever they do. You turn around, put him in front of black people because you know, hey, you know, black people want equal representation, Right. Like he's like, I nigga don't speak for me. Yo, this is an interesting uh, sort of cross section with the new prime minister in the UK, who's just a South Asian brother. And are you asking? Does he represent that South Asian community? I mean, I guess, but he's extremely wealthy. He's one of the most wealthy. I like, have y'all pulled his, have y'all pulled his, pulled his LinkedIn? He even married into an extremely, extremely wealthy family. That man represent money. So, so you talking about the average, you know, the average brown uh, brother and sister, South Asian brother and sister out there in the UK. He's like, does that man represent me? I mean, I don't know. Just because he just, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk. You know what I'm saying? So there's that nuance, right? That this man don't represent us. But the white peoples is watching. So when your mama say, don't you embarrass me in public. There's a there's a bigger sociological phenomenon happening here. That you could possibly trace. I mean, this may sound grandiose. You know, some niggas might be like, whatever, you putting extras on it. But I believe this. This stuff stayed in our bones from the overseer all the way back into the slavery times, all the way back into Jim Crow. You need to stay in line. You can't don't cut up in front of these people. You you, you understand? cuz we don't know what they going to do. I love you. We love you. They looking, they looking for a reason. These white people looking for a reason. Now with obviously when I say this, I'm talking about um white as an institution. You know, your your buddy Carl from accounting who's like a super good dude. Obviously, it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about white as an institution, which at this point in this podcast, you should know that by now. But and obviously black, I'm not talking about every black person, you know, I'm talking about black as a community, as an institution. But there's this understanding all the way back to the overseer. That. I don't know what they'll do to you. Or matter of fact, I have an idea what they'll do to you if you step out of line. Or if I show that I can't keep you in line. We're all in trouble. So when you cutting up in school, cutting up is such an old phrase. I'm telling you, these are our parents. When you, you, you you, you messing up in school, why you get dragged so bad when you get home, it's because, again, Your mama and them know they looking for a reason to count you out. They looking for a reason to not give you opportunities. You you understand? So in some ways, again, it's not about her. It's about us, which brings me to the next point as to why we don't cancel the way you want us to. And I I believe it goes back to the same principle. Our collective is what has kept us safe, it's what has kept us alive, our community, our community protection. We have always worked in tandem with each other for our freedom. I am cause we are, that, that, that you have, when, you're, when you come from a suffering people, and again, I can only speak as black people, I am cause we are, you make your ancestors proud. It took a lot of people to get you to where you are, So when we have that understanding, we tend to desire to police each other among ourselves. So when you get out of line, our inclination is to be like, get in the car for a second. And we'll say, hey, 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 baby, I I don't know what's going on with you. But nigga, you tripping, right? And we'll crack jokes, but the door is shut. The door is shut and locked because we can't let these white people see this. This is among us. Nigga, get your shit together. What is you doing? Because our discipline among each other, why our moms were so hard on us, is because what I'm going to do to you is far less damaging than what they're going to do to you. so we keep it in house when you start tripping we keep it in house and we also understand internalized racism when you start internalizing your self-hate right and you start spewing out some of this, the so damn so damn. this is what happened this is original kanye problem you know what I'm saying? You'd be like, oh, okay. You know, how do you go from these lyrics on college dropout? Like, oh, they put, you know, um, when you, you know, when you get on, they leave your ass for a white girl. You know what I'm saying? Oh, put, hey, they love Kanye. Put him in the front of the store, you know, and the white man get paid for all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like how you ended the Black Panthers? Ronald Reagan had an answer. Like we could spout so many Kanye lyrics about this black liberation, right? Uh, so we're saying, oh, oh, son, you didn't been given the okie doke. Come, come, come back home. Let me talk to you. Some, oh, 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 we get it. He's sick. Okay, baby. Okay, listen. The slavery is a choice thing. I'm gonna chalk that up. Listen, you tripping? I'm gonna chalk that up to your uh to your meds. Now, as this is happening, he's chipping away at his support within the black community, and some people at that point, at the slavery is a choice, they it was like, all right, nah, this nigga done. I'm cool. Then you go into the Kyrie world to where you're like, oh, that nigga weirdo. Uh, look, y'all can have him. You know what I'm saying? But are we going to turn him over to these white people? No. Now, what happened with Kanye is. Again, according to the communion, it started to seem like he just. Wanted their approval. That's kind of what it started seeming like. You know. Now, when you walk into the, again, now when you walk into the city, it, it, listen, they still ride with him. They're like, nah, man, they just trying to keep this billionaire down. You know, you talk. I talked to some of these young dudes. They're like, yo, he made graduation. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Because as a community deep down inside us, we don't ever want to turn somebody over to the type of dehumanization that comes from whiteness. Now, as he's losing, you know, all these um, partnerships with these bigger companies. Now, why you don't see that with us is the fact that like, well, we don't have the collective cultural capital or power to cancel somebody like that. Well, we don't own those companies. We can't do that. We own cool. We own the, We own streets. We own culture in the sense that we, we decide what's dope and what's not. But we don't own the bank. We don't own the company. We own the trend. So when we decide you're not trendy. That's how we flex our power when we're done with you. You following me? I mean, when the last Stacey Dash movie you seen. We decided we were done. Does that do you understand that? I'm asking you like you sitting here. But ultimately, our desire collectively has been let's deal with it inside. Don't you embarrass us in public. So when we're dealing with crime inside of our communities, yeah, you you just we're not, we're not delusional. We know we're killing each other. I just don't need you to talk about it because you don't love us. We're just a talking point. We're talking about low uh, unemployment rates. We're talking about jail jail time sentences. We're talking about that. Like, we know. We know how we got here. But we know. But also how it gets really complicated is the fact that, like, if you think of all of the institutional... Uh, obstacles that have been placed on the black community, whether it's policing, unfair housing, all of the things that have pressed against us from so many different angles. Why would it not be so hard to believe in a conspiracy theory? Because it feels like a conspiracy. Just pressed on every angle. By every possible institution. It's hard to not be like, you know what? I think y'all sitting around and planning all this. Y'all niggas just don't want no black people to win. So when Kanye stand up and start speaking up, he's like, nah, man, I'm going against this system. You like right on, Kanye. Of course, there's a conspiracy. Who you say the conspiracy is? What'd you say? Oh, it's the Jews. Okay, word. Yeah, it's them. It's like you hear the term Mark Zuckerberg, right? And you're thinking that's a Jewish dude. So therefore, Kanye is right, because there's no way Kanye would really sell us out. Because he's one of us. You, you see how the logic happens. I am because we are. And you have to think about the amount of long suffering we have. And of course, obviously, it's not a light switch on and off. Because eventually you become Bill Cosby. And even becoming Bill Cosby, it's still folk that's like, nah, they after a black man. They just trying to keep a black man down. You know what I'm saying? We've survived because of our collective protection. Against a system that has always felt like it was against us. So excuse us for not moving the way a liberal person, progressive person, would think we would. It's not an issue of, an inte- of intelligence. It's an issue of survival. So obviously, this is no defense of Kanye's words and actions. Again, I'm a little different. You know, I've been to a Holocaust museum. I understand the complexities and intersectionality of the Black and the Jewish plight. And I also understand how industry works. And I also understand the hood. And I understand where they're coming from. And why they would think the way they think. Now, it is my opinion That Kanye himself will always have his remnant that will always run with him, you know, give or take some some new Fox News ads. But there's going to be a percentage of our community that's just done. Again, I cite R. Kelly. I even cite Chris Brown. You know, he's a star again, of course. He's moved on. You know, he made his made his thing. I think Travis Scott is actually a great example of somebody who showed his penance. It was like, yo, like he was when, you know, the Astroworld thing happened, like, yo. It was a mistake, you know what I'm saying? And he owned it and did everything he could. And we like, yeah, you know, got you. No big deal. But I think there's a remnant in the streets that will always be like, it ain't that serious what Kanye saying. Y'all just after him because he's wealthy. Y'all just trying to take a black man down. Why? Because a lot of times it is they just trying to take a black man down. And it's not, again, I can't stress this enough. It's not that these people are unintelligent. They have a perception based on (laughs) hundreds of years of evidence. No wonder they think the way they think. So now when you're thinking about the black vote Or the voter block Listen, it's complicated What does the black community think of Kanye? It's complicated Will we ever fully disavow him? It's complicated I, I Because our our survival Has been interdependent Up until this day So I don't know do we oftentimes vote against our own self interest a lot of times has the in i can't believe i'm saying this in defense has the democratic party always counted on us riding for them because the republicans sound ridiculously racist yeah they have but that's because they don't know us that's because they're not really out here So that's for you who are not of our community to at least understand what's going on. Now, us that's inside of our community, we got to have a family meeting, y'all. Is the man coming to the barbecue or not? I mean, he did kind of embarrass us in public. I, what, how, how are we going to deal with this? I, I will defer to the majority. I will state my opinion that these people on this recording ain't going here because this is mixed company. I will state my opinion and I'll follow the delegation. But We got bigger fish to fry, bruh. Rappers keep dying. We keep, what, what is we doing? Y'all, when Biggie and Tupac was murdered, it was like uh, shockwaves. This stuff happening way too frequently. What is going on, y'all? Can we have a family meeting to discuss? And in the meantime, who we voting for for the uh, for the midterms? Hood politics, y'all. This here thing was recorded by me, Propaganda, in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California. This mug was mixed, edited, mastered, and scored by Matt Osowski. I can totally say his name, guys. It was, it was a shtick. He's going by Matt now again because he got into some legal situations with the name Headlights. Y'all know Common used to be called Common Sense. Y'all know Tip, T.I. was Tip. Sometimes it happens. Executive produced by the one and only Sophie Lichterman for cool zone media and the theme music by the one and only gold tips gold tips dj sean p so y'all just remember listen every time you check in if you understand city living you understand politics we'll see y'all next week